Hi guys, welcome to the Relove podcast. Ah. <laughs> I'm here with Ari Kardosh. She Hi. is the founder of Relearn Love, which is a relationship coaching company. And she is also a best-selling author. She is a speaker and a mom of two as well. Hey, Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, it's been a busy life, that's for sure. And imagine. a really wonderful one. And yeah. now our family has ended up in Bali, which is even more dreamy and magical. The best place in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I have the honor of and privilege of getting to work with amazing singles and couples and people of all relationship structures. Yeah, all over the world, right? All over the world. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing um i can imagine that everyone is so different like from all the different cultures that you meet all over the world oh yeah and my background yeah. is in global management i did international business and i worked doing leadership development for amazon.com for about five years okay. before i was like you know what i really love influencing large groups of people through the bedroom more than the boardroom. Wow. And I saw the same types of effects when people's hearts were happy, yeah. they were more productive and fulfilled in life. So I was like, that's where I want to go. And yeah. here I am. Such a big difference, I'm sure, between like the corporate world and like this world. So much so. Yeah. And at the same time, I love staying plugged in. Most of my clients are tech executives, Hollywood actors, doctors, lawyers, just cool. and everyday people living extraordinary lives. So yeah, yeah, sounds like such an exciting job in life. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. So, well, you told me how you got into it. How long ago was that? Oh, I think I started my own business probably about seven or eight years ago now and it's hard coaching yeah, yeah but I was still coaching before that because my yeah. with my job with Amazon I did coaching all the time and that was really yeah. fun but then really getting to focus on what I was passionate about and what I felt I could really gift the world with came yeah. when I was took the big leap to leave Amazon and start my own company cool yeah well thank god you did <laughs> thanks <laughs> and yeah you must have done so much work on yourself in order to get to this place where you can help all these other people oh my with relationships and what they're going through. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I look at any great coach and you look at what are they really passionate about helping people with, yeah. and it's probably something they've struggled with themselves. For sure. They have to have the personal experience. They have to have gone in the mess and screwed everything up and then learned something through that and be able yeah. to help people through that journey. I mean, my, <laughs> my best-selling book on relationship agreements is literally like, I've messed up every single one of those things in those books. In that book. <laughs> That's what you want to know for this book. Right. And it's like, okay, well, if, I, if she's messed all that up and learned, then I can learn yeah. from her pain and her mistakes and I can relate with her and, oh, God, I'm yeah. not alone. Totally. And, and then there's hope and then we can see how we can shift into something more powerful. Yeah. We want to learn from someone who's like been through it and been in the trenches for exactly. sure. And that's what the focus of this podcast is today, actually. Hey, hey. We really want to look at like your unique journey towards this place you know to this kind of awakened place you're in now like you're open with your sexuality you're comfortable you feel like you have the tools to navigate things you help others so yeah where did that all begin <laughs> not <laughs> like it is today yeah <laughs> so i would say if i rewind all the way back to you know little airy um you know growing up my my parents called me airy berry and that's where Cute. yeah it was really fun and mm -hmm. and our house was very um normal for where I grew up. It was in the middle of the U.S. and my what state? Michigan. Okay. Yep. And my parents are conservative Christian and Republican and the whole state pretty much is that way or was that way when I was growing up. And we really were active in our church. And so with that, um, 
came a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. behave a certain way, to believe certain things, and it was very black and white. And in some ways, that was wonderful. It was like, oh, I know this is good and this is bad. If I do this, I go to heaven. If I do this, I'm going to hell. Until I started getting older and I started having things that were felt more conflicting. Like, yeah. oh, well, I have this desire, but you're telling me this even having this desire is not okay. Yeah. Or so what do I do with that? It feels bad. Like, yeah. you're told that it was bad. Right. It was a lot of shame. That as well. I grew up in a religious um, environment as well, I guess, Irish Catholic. So, so you know. You get yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yep. it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, however, even with all of that, my mom was still quite hippie, I would say. Yeah. And she People like mine too. Okay. Yeah, and she, she loved to break the rules in her own little ways. And awesome. she was always walking barefoot. And she's the, you know, the, 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 my father was the hospital president and a lawyer. And so she was a little crazy one who'd be walking around barefoot whenever she got the chance. And I love that. Um, and she also had a passion for, for learning a lot of things around counseling and coaching. And, and her take on sexuality when I was younger was really helpful. So I remember when I was five years old, okay. I was in this house, maybe, maybe six, seven, somewhere around there, five to seven. And we were in our house and I, we had a jacuzzi with the jets in it. Mm. And I was alone in the bathtub <laughs> and I remember this is going. <laughs> Just like exploring the bathtub and having a good time and exploring yeah. my own body and then discovering how pleasurable jacuzzi jets could be. Yeah. And at that moment, <laughs> my mom walked in and she saw me and anything could have happened, right? Like she could have really shamed me in that moment, but yeah. instead she paused and she realized what was going on and she just gave a very like comforting smile, like this is okay. And she turned around and left and shut the door. Oh, wow. And she gave and me you space. you were super young, five to seven. Yes. That's so young. But I, I could still remember like, that feeling of wow. like, yeah. I was caught doing something I'm probably not supposed to do. Like, I yeah. had this feeling of guilt washed yeah. through me and shame. And it's like, what do you do with that? But I was given the space to be with that. And that really helped me as I grew older of knowing that I could find this safe space by myself that felt really pleasurable and really mm -hmm. good, even when other things didn't make sense. Yeah. That's awesome that she was able to do that for you. I feel like a, a lot of people don't grow up with even that, like their oh, parents yeah. just aren't versed in it. They're not able to, yeah, to give them that space. It's hard because mm -hmm. we, we repeat the patterns of our parents, right? Even yeah. if we don't want to, a lot of times we will. And yeah. it's really looking at, and there's something called ancestral trauma that is passed down generation after generation. A lot of it's even passed down in our genes. That yeah. We're fighting our biology. And it's, it's like, it can be really tough. 100%. So yeah. here we are, and she was allowing for that to happen. And I loved that, and it made a big difference. Later on, in fifth grade, um, we did not have, we needed somebody to come and teach our sex education at our private Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my mom thought it was a great idea that she take on that role. I have oh, no wow. idea why she thought this was a good idea okay. with me being in the class, but all the girls were taught by her. And all I remember at that point was like, she passed around these glasses of water, like just a little bit of water in it, and she's like, okay, everybody spit in it. Okay, now pass the glass to somebody else. Okay, and it and she's like, if you drink it, that's what making out is like. Oh, and I'm like, what? This is so hard. And like, okay, so at that point, I was like, what? That doesn't feel. I'm trying right. to even imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. But it was very like it, it, it felt like you know it went from one one story of like yeah this is okay this is beautiful if you're with your own body but then 
being with somebody else became very like dirty and shameful okay, and yeah. gross feeling. Yeah. And so that was a little bit conflicting for me. And then I, I didn't feel like I was like a normal girl growing up. Mm-hmm. I felt like, um, I felt like in many ways the desires I had were more like a man okay, and, yeah. or a boy. And yeah. then the, and then what I saw all the girls around me doing was very different. And so it became really, really hard. Like growing up in the in this church, and we had our youth group, and I was very active in the youth group, and I was in the worship team and leading dance, like Christian dance choreography and all sorts cool. of things. Yeah. And yet I just couldn't fight this feeling that like I had desires that didn't align with what we were yeah. supposed to be doing yeah. as good Christian children yeah. or teenagers at this point. And so it was really confusing for me. I remember thinking, oh, I really want, you know, the girls are nervous about holding a boy's hand, and I'm thinking about how I want his tongue down my throat. <laughs> and this feels weird. And I'm finding myself attracted to humans, not just boys. Wow, so I'm yeah. like, well, what happens if I like a girl? Yeah. And you know, what's going to happen? And I tried to talk with my worship leader at the time, and he was like, well, we can't even go there because wow. you're a girl and I'm not. Yeah. So go to the women's group and talk about it there and learn how to be a good wife. And it was... How old are you at this age, just so I can... Yeah, this is probably around 14. Okay, so you're like in your teen years now. Yeah, now I'm in my teen years. Now I'm really struggling with like... It seems like the boys can relate with my desires when I talk to them, but they're super uncomfortable because they're not supposed to be talking with me about it. That is so interesting, just the way society like labels things and like boys are meant to feel a certain way, girls are meant to feel a certain way, and there's just such a double standard. Huge. Huge. And, And there's stereotypes, and I get it, but at the same time... So many boys and men, a lot of men that I speak with now, they're like, had I been given the chance mm-hmm. for it to be okay for me to explore my softer side? Yeah. Like many of them were like, I didn't even really like porn, but everybody around me was watching porn. So I had to do wow. it. Right. I was like, wow, the pressure that men and boys have are is so intense to quote unquote, be a man. Yeah. And what our society defines that as so narrowly, just as we're supposed to, how to be a good woman, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how do we oh, do gosh, that? Oh gosh, the pressure sometimes. The pressure. And then we're being fed at the same time with all these things that are completely opposing, like, yep. you know, being objectified and like, you know, mas- magazines, porn, everything, and like, how are we actually supposed to navigate it? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and what did like, we good learn? Luck to us, you know. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly where my company is called Relearn Love, and that's where this was birthed out of. It's like, where did we learn love? Where did yeah. we learn about love and relationships and intimacy? Chances are, we saw it poorly modeled by our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe told to us by a religious community. We saw an, a model of it in magazines and yeah. on radio and Disney movies. Porn. Porn, yeah, but we were probably not taught anything in school, yeah, right. It's like we never received a good education on something Nothing. that isn't as fluffy and magical and mystical as people that make it out to be. Yeah. Instead, this is something that has been scientifically studied for decades. Yeah. <laughs> we have research. We have tools that work. Mm-hmm. This is more around brain and biology, chemistry than it is about magic. And, and so it's like, okay, well, how do we actually learn the things that we should have learned before? Yeah. I say that loosely. We could have learned before yeah. to really be happy in life because yeah. we grow up focused on our academics. And what happens to everybody when they hit like 30, 40? Mm-hmm. They realize they don't have the social skills. They don't have yeah. the relationship skills. And so much money gets poured into how do we learn those? It's insane. Like relationships are literally the number one thing in life. Like, you can just look at life as, like, you know, a web of all our relationships, like, that determines, like, your level of happiness, I guess, to a certain amount. Yep. You know, how 
how well you can navigate them. Exactly. Yeah. How fulfilling they are, I yeah. should say. Yeah. And yet we aren't given the tools. No. And it's, so it's crazy. It's insanity. It, it's <laughs> like, insanity. Really. It's a little backwards. <laughs> yeah. And you have to wonder how many problems in society would go away if we had just learned how to yeah. be with our emotions, yeah. how to communicate and connect in a deep way. Yeah. And it just didn't happen for yeah. most of us. Yeah. 100%. So I feel like how can it change like going back to like when we're growing up? Yeah. How, yeah. You know? So if, as a mom, I see a lot of like what, where I can step in and where I can yeah. teach. And as a wife and a partner, I really see like, oh, I need to start doing things differently if I want a different outcome. Otherwise, I'm constantly living in my old trauma and my old patterns. Yeah. Everybody is. We've yeah. all got we our... all are, literally. Yeah. yeah. And then we feel so guilty about it. But like, of course we are. It comes from, like you said, our, back to our ancestors, you know? Yeah. Like, we are born into it. And we have to, like, unlearn it. And it's just like, you know, we shouldn't feel bad for that. You know? No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Not at all. And we all... I think what I see over and over again is conflict. How do people navigate conflict? How do they navigate this when their natural response is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And in these situations, something's going to happen to you. And especially if one partner gets triggered, another partner usually gets triggered. Mm -hmm. Or if you're single and you are even thinking about looking for a partner, oftentimes something will happen where you're triggered and you can't actually be fully present. Manage it. Yeah. Right. You revert back to mm -hmm. when you were like two years old yep. and you throw your tantrum. Yeah. But you're in an adult body now. Yeah. Well, most people don't realize because again, they haven't been given the tools or the, the resources. So they don't realize what's happening. They're right. just like, oh, I feel like this and I can't manage it. But if they knew that, okay, this is just an old feeling coming up from the past. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll be better able to to navigate it completely and that comes from just learning better tools so yeah. a lot of things that I teach are around really really skilled listening and what it means to hear somebody and not just always be on the defensive ready to attack your partner with your logic yeah how to really feel our emotions and be in them you know my children and I practice like our whole family practices emotional um, emotional release techniques or what they're called but it's how, you know, how we can go back to how we were as children. As children, we instantly knew that emotions are supposed to be in motion. Yeah. And so when something happened, we would get triggered and we'd be like, oh, no, 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 hold on. I'm just going to cry. I'm mm -hmm. going to throw a tantrum. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to yeah. be in whatever's here. And it was beautiful. And now as adults, like, as we're growing up, we were told... Stop crying. Yeah, you can't just stop in the middle of the street and like start bawling. Or, yeah, you know? or, but yeah, but you can, can you? But you could make space for it. You could make yeah. a safe space for it. And and I think that what we've gone to is the extreme. Yeah. it's not like we need to start crying in the middle of the street as adults. But if we realize that, it doesn't mean that we just stifle that away and never go back to it. Yeah. Instead, it's like okay, I felt that it needs to be handled. It needs to be dealt with and yeah. lovingly and compassionately. So when I get home, I'm going to go to my room and spend 10 minutes yeah. re letting the trauma move through me instead of letting it metastasize inside of my body. And I'm going to get a headache later or I'm yeah. going to feel exhausted or I'm going to sure. get sick faster. Instead, we move through it. Do you feel like guys do that worse? Males like do it worse than females? I think everybody's pretty terrible at it. Yeah. And I think that women are in their cycles or hormonal cycles are more tapped into we have to release in yeah, different ways. Yeah, we're a little bit more allowed to release it, I think, as well. Like, you know? Yes, and, but the moment a woman releases, what yeah. happens? Then you're labeled as emotional, crazy, True. right? <laughs> and it's not okay for you to be in your emotions then. So is it okay? Yeah. No. But how much is too much? It's so hard to know. 
I would say, uh-huh. how can you create a safe space for you to fully express your emotions without hurting anyone else? Okay. And I think that, and then how can the masculine, I'm going to say masculine and feminine because yeah, I, I never know what words to use there. So, yeah. yeah. I think that all of us have masculine energy in us and have feminine energy in us. Yeah. And as somebody who grew up feeling more like a man trapped in a woman's body when it came to sex, it was really hard for me to hear that women should feel this way. Yeah, and so, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll go back to yeah. We'll back up. But very quickly, but I think we all have masculine and feminine within us. Yeah. And I think the masculine parts of us need to step up and learn how to hold space for the feminine to be wild and the have her emotions. side of us, like this feminine, the feminine energy side, Yes. Us. Yes. And, cool, and yeah. that goes for anybody we're partnered with. Yeah. So it's like... You know, if you need to be emotional, it doesn't mean I need to freak out on you Mm -hmm. or that I need to tell you you're wrong or that I need to let you hurt me with your emotions. Instead, I can, I can create a safe space for you to be in your thing that you need to move through. Yeah. And I can just witness you. And when you're done, because it will end, Mm. right? It doesn't stay on forever. It has a peak and then it comes down and at the end, you're going to feel so much release. Yeah. And we'll be able to have a conversation better. And the same thing for me, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or what genitals you have, it's really about like, can you allow yourself to be complex, multidimensional, mm-hmm. and really honor the masculine that wants to be steady and strong, yeah. and the feminine that wants to express itself and move and have emotions, mm-hmm. and do so in a really safe space. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I find the balance between masculine and feminine just, just so fascinating. Um, do you think that it's even between all of us? Do you think some people are more feminine at their core and other people more masculine energy? Oh, it's all over the board. It's a yeah. whole spectrum. It's Ooh, a whole spectrum. Okay. Yeah. Then okay. we don't... We probably can't even, can even try to change. understand it. It's probably just... Yeah. We can do lots of research, but at yeah. the same time, I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter like why or who has what. It's more important that we allow ourselves to just allow be both. complex. Yeah, allow yeah. ebb and flow. Exactly. Yeah. Like there are better things to analyze, so... Yeah. So what if like a couple is having having an argument or it's clear that like one person's really triggered like how do you like any tips you can give to people to manage that like should they stop and say to each other hey I'm being really triggered right now or like old traumas came up can we (laughs) you know or how did they work with it because it's like so I think I'm gonna put it this way because I know we want to talk also about childhood and this whole thing I could do a three-hour workshop on on. but I'll say this for anybody who's listening for yourself too anybody who's listening if you go to my website reallyearnlove.com then you can just sign up for the free giveaway and the free giveaway is a seven video seven part video series which is going to tell you exactly how to do this it's going to teach you everything it's my gift please check it out I highly recommend just learning what are the things I could do differently to stop this from becoming a triggered fight yeah. that we just repeat over and over and over again. Yeah, to you know, work together to you know get through it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, check it out. We should all check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Very cool. So rewinding. So yeah. at five years old. It was when I really had that first experience with my sexuality and masturbation and the approval mm-hmm. from my mother. And then that must have been huge. Did, at the time, did you feel that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like there was something tensed up and I knew, I knew something wasn't like normal, you know, but it also, the way she handled it, I was like, I can relax into it. Whatever it is that feels good to me is okay right now. Yeah. Fast forward then again, these different urges, they began probably when I was like eight years old, just starting to think about boys and new ways and, Mm. and starting to, by the age of 12, I was feeling really disconnected from what I was hearing the girls desired versus what I heard the boys desired. And I was like more on the boys side. Yeah. So and at 12, you were already starting to talk about that amongst your peers, about like, oh, yeah. sexual desires and everything. I can't remember if I was. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was like fifth grade-ish, okay. I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, around fifth grade is when I remember the sex ed class, and that's when things really started rolling. Wow. And yeah, I remember like being in the back of a of a church van. We were coming back from an, a skateboarding event or something, and I and the guy was like, "Can I touch your boob?" <laughs> I don't even know if I had boobs at that <laughs> <Yeah>. point yet. <laughs> I remember desperately wishing for boobs <laughs> at that age. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> yeah. And then I just, I moved on to really feel like I lived a, a split life where yeah. I was like the good girl, overachiever, high performing, like top of the class, doing all the stuff you're supposed to do, president of every club, performing dance all the time and by day. And then by night I dated the bad boy, Okay, you know, and <laughs> the bad boy really allowed me this chance to just... Yeah. I just got to be myself. Let another part of you out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was really fascinating because in, in at least in the Christian culture that I was growing up in, there were all these like all these rules, so people are always looking for ways to get around the rules, mm-hmm. especially when you can't do something. Right. Or... Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I remember this was not a thing for me, but I remember lots of women talking about how well, as long as you don't have vaginal penetration, you haven't lost your virginity. Mm. So blowjobs and anal, totally okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. That wasn't my journey. Yeah. Um, but for me, I dated this amazing man for a couple years. And now I look back and I, and I feel so blessed. He's such a saint. Because I was trying to walk that line of how do I be a good girl, mm-hmm. but also have, like, explore my desires. And this man, God bless his soul, he, he I, I drew some sort of weird line where it was like, I cannot touch your genitals. Okay. I cannot see your genitals. Yeah, wow. However, <laughs> you can go down on me. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like not a bad deal. <laughs> and I didn't see anything wrong with this because he seemed to really like it. And I felt like, okay, well... I'm not doing anything. Yeah, it's being done to yeah. me. So this God, is okay. funny how we do all these things in our head. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he was so patient. And I had so many amazing experiences with him. Yeah. And then I can remember like a year into our relationship, he was like, so can you at least look at it? <laughs> like, how old are you now? Just so I can I'm so like... Cool. 17. Okay. 17. Oh, wow, okay. And, and so I've now had all these Was it your first boyfriend? It was my first long-term like, boyfriend. Proper, yeah. yeah. I would say my first proper boyfriend. Okay. So finally, I remember laying in bed and being like, oh, I guess I need to do so that. So on a whole year? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, damn, you did good. <laughs> he was, yes, I feel, I, now looking back, I'm like, I really was lucky yeah. And, yeah. and he was so patient and sweet anyways so I remember just laying in bed with him and be like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I hope I don't burn in hell too badly you yeah. know like and like lifting up the cover and kind of sliding my hand under and trying to figure out where is this thing where is the penis you know <laughs> like okay found it wow it's not what I thought it was gonna be like okay now what do I do with it right I was like whoa so being confronted by so much and he was and that was so, the first time that was the first you had ever time touched yeah I like it was much later, you know, much later in life where okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, not much later, but much later than I thought it would be in many ways. Yeah. To at least get to that point, like mm-hmm. I was, I've been naked around him a lot. Yeah. But well, in a way, it probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad to have a kind of that slow. It was wonderful. Yeah. It sounds. Yeah. It was really bad. wonderful. Yeah. And um, I do want to back up and say that there was some violence that happened around the age of sixteen or so. Oh, um, where 
I ended up making a poor choice and going over to a boy whose house I was, I was crushing on this guy. I went to his house and he knew about alcohol and I didn't. Mm. And, I had, and I had a drink or I think I had two shots, which was way too much for me at yeah. that point. Still is too much for me. And, <laughs> and I can remember being carried back to a bedroom and I can remember not feeling comfortable. But I don't know what exactly what happened. Oh I can make assumptions, yeah. but I don't. I'll never fully know. My brain has locked that away very yeah. well, and so you know, I don't feel like I was raped in the, in like the penis vagina way. But mm-hmm. I do feel like I was molested in yeah. some ways that were not okay. Well, you weren't like conscious and able to make your own decisions, so right? I think you know, right? Yeah, right. So there was that incident, and it did influence my ability to connect or like my experience around like who's safe what environments yeah, are safe course. how am i safe in my body what does alcohol mean oh around God, sexuality alcohol, don't even get me started <laughs> yeah yeah alcohol so many is... problems oh my god all my sexual experiences that were a mess like from alcohol like so yeah yeah you talk about yeah. it's it's this it's really fascinating to me the drugs that we make legal you know, and that are accept- acceptable and what they do, right? Yeah. And for me, looking at alcohol, and I'm also going to say sugar, they're both yeah. crazy drugs mm-hmm. that people seem to think are okay to have all the time. And they give us different superpowers, yeah. but they also really influence our ability to make good judgment and to be in our bodies yeah. and to be fully present and make clear consenting decisions. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. growing up in Ireland, like alcohol is literally so embedded in the culture. Yeah. And- all, and it's not just me, like literally all of my friends, like pretty much all of them, I wouldn't even say there's any exceptions, all of our early experiences, like sexual experiences, like, you know, going out, obviously, just like anything from that age is just completely clouded by alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. And it's just like literally insanity to me now when I look back, like they're your first experiences, like yeah. your first sexual experiences, like your first interaction with the opposite sex or same sex, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yep. <laughs> Like what happens, you know, as a society, like exactly. Yeah. And I talk with my clients now, and most of the time when people are in deep arguments, there's alcohol. Yeah. Right. Most of the time when hurtful things that are just really dumb to say happen, it's because of alcohol. Yeah. You know. And I, <laughs> spoiler alert, mm-hmm. I grew up and ended up really exploring my sexuality, like really going down that rabbit hole, especially around things around um, kink and BDSM. And it became a big part of my life for a while. And one of the things that, you know, people have all these judgments of 50 shades of gray and all mm. that. But at the same time, like, there's so many beautiful gems that I learned in that kink community wow. around consent and, like, what is it and what's possible and what is... It basically feels like adult playtime. It's yeah. like, how can you have adult playtime and go explore things you want? And it is the normal, the normal uh, behavior in that community to not have alcohol Wow. in general. Yeah. yeah. And That's so say something in itself. Just, yeah. yeah. Think about doing the craziest fantasy you can imagine. Yeah. And chances are you're like, oh, I'd have to have a shot of alcohol yeah. or a couple drinks. 10 to get shots there. of tequila for that right. one. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, make it super edgy. Yeah. Don't have any alcohol and be totally present and with yourself. And how cool is that? Then it's like, you yeah. know, one of the biggest trips ever, I'm sure. It's wild. Like, you know? It's wonderful. Like, and you wake up the next day feeling really good about yourself, yeah. you know, hangover. So yeah. I really love to bring that in. How do you, how do you like, uh, how do normal people every day get a chance to really be in themselves yeah. and explore that yeah. but taking away this crutch that they've had such a crutch mm-hmm. yeah I, I guess people use it because they're literally not able to be in that um 
I guess it's nerves for most people. Like, like I cannot take this nervous feeling. So yeah. I'm going to They don't want to be with their emotions. Exactly. Yeah. They want to disassociate. And remember, we didn't learn how to be with them. Yeah. We didn't learn how to be with our emotions. We didn't learn how to date. We didn't learn yeah. how to like express our emotions yeah. or, or our desires. You know, one of my the first conversations I have with anybody, if I'm going, if I'm even thinking about connecting with them is I ask, you know, here's my intention. Like, oh, Han, I might be really, I'm intending to connect with you sometime that in more of a physical, intimate way. Um, my fear is that you don't want to do that. So my fears, okay. my desires, my desire would be to, you know, maybe explore cuddling and, and um, sensual touch together. Um, my boundary, I would want to keep all of our clothes on. And my request would be that the day after we could just text each other and check in. Wow. So I just did my intentions, my fears, my desires, my boundaries, and my requests. And it took me, what, 30 seconds? Because I've practiced this. And then you can tell me how you feel about those and what your five would be. And there's all sorts of tools like this out there. It doesn't have to be a crazy, complicated dance where you're like, I'm not sure. What if? Yeah, yeah. You can say so with confidence and move on and go do the thing you're really thinking about. Yeah. Most people, I guess, just wouldn't be confident enough to put it all out on the table or whatever. Yeah. Unless it became a part of the oh, culture. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's where yeah. we really just need to step into relearning, like, what is this thing? It's what is so love? much shame. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's all stemmed from shame. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how do we get past that? Exactly. Like, so much sexual oppression and, like... Yeah, you just you don't feel free to express your desires. Yeah. So you know, even personally, only in the last couple of years have I started to feel more open um, and free to like express. Like you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it makes and a big difference. I'm in my thirties, you know. Yep. It's pretty wild. And I don't imagine think if I started doing that when I was growing up. Like right. You know? Yeah. Right. And if people had been able to hear you mm-hmm. and really respect that and yeah. honor that in yeah. you, yeah, it'd be a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you have to feel safe that, like, I don't know, to be seen by the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, the model that I, that I teach is there's three really crucial ingredients, and one of them is safety, and one of them is freedom. And when we have the, the safety and the freedom to be authentically ourselves, yeah. and authenticity is the third part. Okay. When we have the freedom and the safety to be authentically ourselves, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. That's where this thing that we all dream of, this unconditional love can yeah. come from. That's beautiful. And if you can do that for your partner or partners or whoever you're connecting with, yeah. how do you create freedom and safety for them to be themselves? Yeah. Because if there's freedom and safety, then there's no fear, I guess, you know? Right. You can just express freely. Yeah. And if there are big emotions that come up with that, if yeah. you're feeling jealous or you're feeling like you want to go do something that feels really edgy, yeah. you, have, you have this culture now where you've created safety. Yeah. Where you have this thing to say, I want to express how I want to be more free. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we have to act on it instantly. It means we can talk about it and yeah. we can decide from there, where do we go? Okay, cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to learn. <laughs> so much to learn. So juicy. Relearning and reloving. <laughs> yes, all the things. Yeah. And that's why this work that you guys are doing with Relove is so important. Like, yeah. this is why it's needed in the world. And it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, another spoiler alert. I'm giving you all the fast forward. We're going to stay going, going back. Yeah. I'll rewind. <laughs> but, you know, my husband, Jamin Patel, and I are, are in this beautiful marriage we've been together for over seven years now we've got two kids and we just found that we, we nothing we do we want to be traditional about and it's just how right. we each I are love that to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
but we're constantly exploring like who are we now who am I today and am I choosing you now and are you choosing me now and it means that sometimes I I mean I I love you but I don't really like you right now yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's allowed it's allowed and it's really important for us we've also noticed that we need the freedom and the safety to be whoever we are and so that doesn't mean until death do us part true like what if it changes right or ebbs and flows in different ways exactly so our marriage commitment is not till death do us part it is literally until we are no longer serving each other's highest good for growth Okay. And so we're constantly like, how can we grow together? How are we growing as individuals and how are we growing together? Yeah. And within that, people are like, so are you guys polyamorous? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's all the, uh, what everyone's talking about these days. Everybody <laughs> loves to talk about polyamory. Um, <laughs> I also love to talk about polyamory. Yeah, I, I, was, think, I think it's cool too. I'd love to hear. Yeah. yeah. I was um, a leader of one of the lar- world's largest polyamorous groups for a while. And it was a really amazing experience. I learned so much from this community. And I don't identify as polyamorous. I identify as somebody who practices conscious relating. Okay. And that means that we have the freedom to be whatever is alive for us at the moment and to ask for what we desire and mm-hmm. to really discuss it and explore it and create that safety and that freedom together. I love that, so, honestly, yeah. Sometimes we're monogamous. Mm-hmm. There have been times where each of us has been celibate at different times. Okay. There have been times when I felt momogamish, where I just wanted to be a mom and be yeah. focused on my kids cool. and raising <laughs> them. And that felt the most important there have been times when we've been more of what you would look at as polyamorous. Yeah. Right? So it's been every flavor Gosh. out there, and it's been like, so beautiful. That is so beautiful, honestly. Like, that in comparison to just, I have to find this one person, and they have to meet all my needs. Forever. Until death do us part. And they can never change, and you can like, never change. Got yeah, that? Yeah, and like, obviously, that's <laughs> not working a lot, like, you know, very well. It's not working it very well. Yeah, it can work, but I just feel like it's not as black and white as... But what I want to say is, like, the... So monogamy isn't for everybody. Polyamory isn't for everybody. Conscious relating may not be for everybody. But I want to invite that there is some underlying foundational tools that apply to everyone. And and if you want to be single, a lot of people want to just be single. And that's great. But the same thing goes back to, did you learn the basic tools around how to listen, how to communicate, how to be with your feelings, Mm -hmm. how to deal with conflict? How to like really be present with yourself and love yourself yeah. and take yourself on dates and really be like juicy here because when you're juicy here, you can take that out to Absolutely. the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, one thing sometimes I wonder about is do you think that we need to do a lot of the work by ourselves, like all the healing and like stuff, or do you think that we can do it in a relationship with someone? Can I just say yes? Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes to all of that. Um, I do believe that we need to do the work yeah. on ourselves. I yeah. think it's an internal journey. I think there's a lot that yeah. no one else will ever understand. Yeah. And there's so much to discover about ourselves that we don't get yet. And um, that's one of the main reasons why I always have a coach. I mean, this year, tomorrow, really? uh, tomorrow's my birthday, so it'll be... 20, thank you, it'll be 22 years of having a coach or a therapist consistently in my life, at least one, and oftentimes I have like three different coaches, one for my business, one for my life, one for my, you know, my relationships, even relationship coaches have relationship coaches, like, because there's so much to grow and we can't see our own shit when we're in it because we're in it and we need somebody else to give us that other perspective. Yeah, it's still more relationships actually. Yeah. Just not, you know. Exactly. 
uh, romantic, but yes. yeah. And then in your, in terms of the other half of your question around, can we learn and grow and heal through relationships? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I believe that when we're really on, we attract these partners who are like a beautiful mirror for us and they're going to show us how incredible we are. And at the same time, they're going to show us our buttons mm-hmm. and they're going to push on those buttons and yeah. we're going to push on theirs. And we get this chance to, we can repeat old cycles over and over and over again, or we can step into something new. So I, I like to say you're always in a phase of either pattern or practice. Yeah. You can be in the pattern. I keep doing the same thing over and over again. I'm attracting the same people and over again. I'm having the same fights over and over again. Or you can choose to like, whoa, we're going to stop this pattern yeah. and we're going to shift into practice. And now I'm going to be in a new practice that is a little bit edgy or uncomfortable, but it's stopping the pattern and I realize I can get what I actually desire. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, when you talk about patterns, again, I kind of, going back to what we were talking about before, it's kind of all stems from how we grew up and what's childhood, right? And oh, how yeah. we experienced things at that time. Right. So how can we change... like? How can we change those things? Do we need to go back? That's where you to, call me, and we have a and yeah. we, we do we enter a program together. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot there, and and just starting right now, just anybody who's listening, you're already on the first step, right? <laughs> like if you're already here, you're already on that path. Yeah, because you're developing the awareness, and you're like, whoa, okay, there's something here for me. I don't want to keep feeling this way. I don't want to keep feeling stuck. Yeah. So just keep repeating the same right. thing. So the first step is awareness. And in my model, it's a four-step model. The first one is curiosity. Mm-hmm. So when you can stop seeing the world as the black and white, then you can start being curious and be like, do I want to keep doing this? I even know mm-hmm. I have a choice to keep doing this. So what if I did have a choice? Then what would I want to do? How would I want to feel? Where would I want to go? Mm-hmm. How would I want to be connected? And just starting to be curious is the first like really juicy step for moving forward. And then you get to move into the second step where you start to cultivate knowledge. Where it's like, now we're going to school to learn how to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Now we're downloading the Relove app and we're starting to learn from other experts out there. How do we do this? Once you're open to it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So we're curious, now we're getting the knowledge, we learn the tools. It's a very mental thing usually. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm learning, I'm absorbing all this stuff. And this is where most people stop. Yeah, it's hard. That's why they call it the work. Right. right? But (laughs) I listened to the podcast or I read the book or, you know, it's like I did the thing, but then we don't move into the third step, which is change. And that's when we actually integrate it and embody it. So how do we, okay, well, now I'm going to start doing that practice that Mm -hmm. I heard on the app. I'm going to start doing that, that I'm going to try that activity that sounds really edgy and hard. My partner, I'm going to commit to it for 30 days. We're going to try it. And then finally, the last step that also people drop off, every, every step somebody drops off, right? Because it's hard. Even if you start to do it, then we often forget the last step, which is to celebrate. Yeah. And the celebrate is so important because that closes the learning yeah. and it says, wow, we did this thing. Yeah. Otherwise, we fall into our mainstream trap of we are just going to be on the relationship escalator. Uh, it's just constantly like in or in our, in our escalator in general for our society, it's like, mm-hmm. You go to grade school, then you go to high school to get into a good college, mm-hmm. then you get into a good college so you can get a good job, then you get a good job so you can attract a good partner, and you get a good partner so you can have kids, good kids, and then it's, right? It's like constantly it's one thing, yeah. and we never stop to say, "Wow, we just yeah. did that thing! It was yeah. so cool! Yeah, this now is we great!" Can enjoy it, yeah, and let's celebrate yeah. and really like yeah. look back and be proud of ourselves. Totally. So if you never do that, if you yeah. never have the celebration, then you're gonna be stuck. And you'll never be good enough. Yeah, and you won't have enough joy, I guess, in your life and stuff. That brings me to another thought about pleasure. 
And like, I feel like we as a society, we don't allow ourselves enough pleasure. Oh my gosh. And especially, no. maybe not especially for women, or maybe I'm just saying this because I am a woman. <laughs> but I feel like, again, it's so taboo. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of women find it difficult to be in their bodies or to appreciate their bodies, love their bodies. Um, how was that for you? And like, even back to growing up because yeah really like looking at that journey I think pleasure is um considered a quote-unquote dirty word by most of society Almost, yeah yeah pleasure, ooh, you know yeah <laughs> it's like it's like oh that's too hedonistic or that's too hippie yeah. or that's too or that's too right? dirty it's like or it's something it's selfish it's selfish it should yes. be selfish we're supposed to be selfish you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like, in that way in the healthy selfishness in the healthiest yes. way. yeah we're supposed yes. to love ourselves give ourselves love I mean for pleasure. me it feels like you know whenever you got an airplane and they're walking through all the you know the safety rules they're like okay no if the oxygen masks drop down mm-hmm. put yours on first and then help somebody else yeah, yeah. but in our, and that's just true like if you are passed out if you are running on empty you can't yeah. help anybody yeah and yet our society is constantly teaching all of us men and women you just need to be giving giving of your job giving to your jobs giving to your partner giving to your kids giving 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 of your of your soul and yourself all the time Mm -hmm. and you're gonna somehow be okay yeah and i think that when we start to look at wow we've erased so many important traits like pleasure and play from our society that we are losing ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're burnt out and people are unhappy so it's like how do you come back into that and so for me growing Mm -hmm. up it was finding my pleasure i i have a beautiful relationship in terms of sexual pleasure with uh jacuzzi jets (laughs) all around the world (laughs) right from day one from from age five um And, and then I really had to learn how I can be in my own pleasure to experience myself in yeah. whole new ways that were okay and that were safe and that felt juicy mm-hmm. and that weren't based on what society told me I should be doing, yeah. right? Or what, um, how do I say, catering to men's needs. Exactly. Well, that's what society that's tells what, me to yeah, do. Yeah, we're not even saying men want that. We're just saying that's what society has drilled into yes. us and like... It might be hard for some people to kind of come to their own sexuality, you know, to own their mm-hmm. own sexuality rather than just like being a certain way that is um, pleasing or attractive for men or like yeah. whatever. I think most people don't even know what they would like, yeah. right? They don't think the time themselves. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't even have to be sexual. They just don't know what they like. When I say, yeah. okay, well, like, what are Literally. you into? Do you know what your favorite song is? Mm-hmm. Do you know, okay, if we are going to go into like more of a bedroom type space, do you know how you like to be touched and where? Mm-hmm. Definitely right? people don't know. I mean, for the majority, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, there's, um, I studied with uh, an amazing woman named Jaya for a while. As you can, she's super, everybody loves her right now. She, I mean, I, they've always loved her. She's great. Um, but she's on the, the Gwyneth Paltrow show, Sex, Love, and Goop. And I got to cool. study with her and her team. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. And she teaches something called the erotic blueprints. And the erotic blueprints, you can take a free quiz and learn what is your main type of vibe and just get to explore how do I like to receive touch? Mm-hmm. Is it more of the energetic where I can just feel uh, things you know around me? Yeah. Is it more of the sensual where it's like a curve, touch, maybe pressure, like massage? Is it more of the sexual where it's really focused on genital touch? Mm-hmm. Is it more of the kinky where it might be like scratching or slapping or something more sensation-based? Or is it a mixture of all those things? Yeah. And where on your body do you like that? And it's like when you start realizing that you are this work of art and yeah. there's so much to explore and you art. can <laughs> then communicate that with somebody else yeah. you're with, 
I mean, like, guys are just supposed oh. to know. Imagine how complex that is, like, all of what you just said. Like, it's beautiful, but, like, it's, there's a lot it takes of big time. range. And then we just think that we're supposed to all be one way. Right. That's what we've read. Or whatever. Right. And you're not supposed to be in a relationship with yourself. You're supposed to be yeah. constantly giving to all your other relationships. Yeah, yeah. And then you're somehow supposed to know how to tell your partner what you like, mm-hmm. or they're supposed to mind read you, but you don't even know yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's That's really... That's problem. <laughs> it's real screwed up. And, and yeah. people are like, wow, I'm like the men are like, I'm not good enough. I don't know how to please her. I'm like, yeah. she probably doesn't know how to please Please herself. Wow. Right? Or to ask for what she wants. On both sides, how do you both ask for what you want? How do you say no when it doesn't feel in alignment for you? Yeah, and like, I think a lot because of the way people um, grow up and they use alcohol a lot and all these crutches, they never really got to those conversations. No. Like, they're afraid to literally enter those conversations. Even couples that are together for years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've worked with couples who are now in their... Like sixties, seventies, and I have one couple in their eighties. Yeah, and they're wow. rediscovering themselves. Yeah, right. They didn't know these things, but if you stay in that growth mindset of every day is a new day, and I get to choose you, and you get to choose me, and mm-hmm. we're gonna figure this out. There's so much, and there's no reason why your sex needs to be anything less than incredible when you're eighty, ninety. Wow. There are the happiest cultures in the world. They still have documented that they're into their nineties having intercourse and loving it. Damn. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So if if you're not if you're not like oh my gosh I've missed so much of my life I didn't know I could do all this it's like yeah. you still have like half your life to go probably yeah. no stress <laughs> like let's learn the things that actually work and go live life and enjoy it. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. But in terms of um, getting comfortable in your body and like, what do they call feminine embodiment? Yeah. Do you have any practices that help Mm. women do that? Or like, yeah, a lot of girls struggle with that. I I would say a lot of humans struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I would just, I would, I'd recommend for Mm -hmm. everyone starting. If this is, if all of this is new, if all of this is new for you, then I'm really going to invite you to just start out slow. Imagine what would feel really safe and wonderful if you think back to times and places you felt really safe in your life. Mm -hmm. So it could have been, oh, I was on my bed and I was surrounded by teddy bears, right? And I felt really safe there. Or I was out in nature and I was by a lake. Okay, go find those places where you feel really safe. Yeah. Create that that environment for yourself and then slowly begin to... Um, seduce yourself and it doesn't mean you do anything sexual but just like really like oh what is it like to be with me right now yeah what feels really good how can I hold myself or do I want a fuzzy blanket to put around Mm me and can I allow myself to expand I keep asking myself the question what would make this even more pleasurable okay so in this moment would make this even more pleasurable oh if I played that song I love Oh, if I lit a candle that smelled like coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I, right? And it's just like Something those little senses. Yeah, yeah, just those little things to help you feel safe and start to get to know you. It's like taking yourself on a date. Mm. It's like, oh, what would I love my lover to do for me? Yeah. And I'm going to discover that for myself. Yeah. And just starting there is a really gentle way. And then if you want to go further, I can recommend other resources. And, and yeah, whatnot. no, that's awesome. I feel like it's really just begins with us, obviously, with ourselves. Yeah. And then getting comfortable with that and going from there, like learning how to communicate it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And not being afraid of what you're desiring. Like yeah. it's That's whatever you feel, whatever you desire, it's all valid. Yeah. This is your life experience that I give you. Like, you don't need my permission and I give everybody permission. <laughs> you all have permission to be mm-hmm. yourselves. 
and to find the joy and the pleasure and the yeah. playfulness and the erotic and yeah. whatever it is you inside. Know. Problem is that there is so many taboos still and like society is so like um, just weird way they look at everything that it's hard to sometimes be open about it. It is yeah. hard and your path may not always be being open about it. I mean, yeah. I've taught on six continents now and I remember when I was for, um, I was traveling and teaching in Israel at one point and I was teaching in Tel Aviv and I was teaching in Jerusalem. Yeah. And Tel Aviv is like this really hip kind of like it reminds me of California in many ways and it's just kind of like like San Diego it's very funky it's got great water it's got everything's gluten-free the mm. food is great nightlife it's very wild and then Jerusalem is you know the center of heavy heaviness and religious spirituality and you know, the coming together of many world religions and is very uh, orthodox in yeah. many ways and I had this assumption that I'm going to have a much bigger class in Tel Aviv because people are wild and free. And I had a great class there, but then I went to Jerusalem yeah. and we couldn't fit oh. everybody in the room. Wow. <laughs> because what happens when you live in a world that's so repressed, yeah. people want to find a secret way to break free oh, from totally. that. totally. It just makes people want to do the thing they're not allowed to do. Totally. I mean, they showed yeah. up in co like wigs, sunglasses, yeah. like different outfits so no one would know that they were coming. Wow. And you know, the men and the women can't be seen together. So like yeah. the men would come as a group of men, the women would come as a group of women. We had to find secret places to meet and to talk about yeah. intimacy and yeah. sexuality. And it was like, wow. But it was so vibrant and alive and beautiful there. And they just found their own way to make their own freedom. Wow. And so I'm like, yes, no matter where you are, you have the right to feel free in whatever way feels safe to you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you need to uh, be excommunicated from your religious organization. It doesn't mean that you need to out yourself in your corporate life. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you have to like run off and become a Tantra master somewhere, yeah. go to Bali and become that. You can. <laughs> we have lots of them here. Um, but at the same time, like you can just be you and find ways to be more you and more you and more you in those spaces. And sometimes you'll want to shift. Sometimes you'll want to share this new knowledge and this yeah. new safety with your close family or your close friends. And eventually you may see the ripple effect. And if it's just for you or just for you and your partner or just for you yeah. and your family, like both is okay. Already you're making yeah. a huge shift in the generational change. Yeah. With each person that is a little bit more open, then it's going to have, yeah. Yeah. Effect on and you'll find your people. Most people yeah. think they're alone. Yeah, I think a lot of us are afraid of that you won't find your people. You will find you your think, people. Oh, I'm, do I'm doing this. Maybe not even something that's way out there. Yes. Yeah. Just, just something really, you know, that's a little bit more open weird than the rest of your society. Yeah. And then you're thinking, oh, my friends are going to look at me weird or they're going to think, you know, this yeah. or that. But then there is other people out there that will think similarly to you. Yeah. yeah. I, a couple of things I see. One is there are other people you can find them. If you yeah. don't know where to find them, you can, you know, go on Google, go on Facebook groups, message me. Like there's, there's podcasts that talk about whatever it is you're into, whatever yeah. it yeah. is. And also I've just seen time and time again that if you share the thing that is heavy on your heart with somebody who you love and trust, mm -hmm. who loves and trusts you, and you can already be vulnerable with, Oftentimes there's such like a <gasps> exhale, yeah. like, oh, either I think that way too, or I've been feeling that way too, or, oh, wow, I've wondered about that, or I can just love you still, even though I don't understand it. Yeah. It's way more freedom than I think most people are afraid is going to happen. Oh, totally. Vulnerability is so huge and one of the most freeing things. Like, how does the quote go? 
I'm not gonna <laughs> get it right, but something like you can't feel true love unless you like have vulnerability there. Mm. Like it's impossible almost, right? Unless yeah. you like. Otherwise, we're constantly faking it. Yeah, like it's, masks, you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it happens a lot, I think. Um, one last point, like since you've lived all over the world and like taught different people all over the world and spoke. Do you, you see a huge range of um, how people relate to sexuality and how open they are, like, um, considering where they grew up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I, my background's in international business. Yeah. And I've traveled to over 50 countries, and I've, you know, studied in eight of them. And so I, I've gotten to see a huge range. My clients are all yeah. over the world. So, of course, there's a huge cultural differences. Yeah. But again, at the heart of it, we all want the same things. So we true. all want this unconditional love yeah. and to just feel safe and free to be ourselves and yeah. still be loved and accepted and seen and heard. Totally. And so even with the cultural differences, yeah. there are still ways to create that safety. And yeah. it doesn't matter what your gender or your sex or your relationship style or your religious background, or it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can be yourself as long as you learn the tools yeah. and are curious to cultivate and make change and celebrate this journey. Exactly. And we're all human, I think we have to remember at the end of the day. And that's why like social media is so great in that way. And also something we're trying to do with Relove is like shine a light on the different cultures and the fact that like people were dealt different cards where they grew up and had different challenges, you know, because of where they grew up, where the family they were in and what they were dealing with at the time. And it's all normal, you know? It's all normal. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's different but normal like same same but different <laughs> yeah exactly same same but different yeah all going through the same thing and yeah i think it's really beautiful to like connect and have that information out there so we can all learn together <laughs> yes yes yeah. yes yes i agree awesome so juicy yeah well i think we spoke about a lot this is a lot yeah, we covered right? so much <laughs> we covered so much but honestly it was it was awesome i actually learned so much myself even here today yeah this was fun thank yeah, you so much thank you so much and for anybody who wants to follow along or to reach out if you have questions please feel free to contact me i love connecting with other humans awesome. um, wherever you are in your journey my website is relearnlove.com and i do have a best-selling book called relationship agreements you can see it in the background up there <laughs> hey, hey. uh yeah i just would love to hear like where you're at and what's happening for you and how we can support you and check out more of this app. The work they're doing is absolutely incredible with Relove. So thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. We're super excited about Relove and everything you've got going on. And we'll put your stuff in like the notes below so people can follow along. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.